Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome to the SBP. The boys are back. Full effect in the Sports Bar podcast. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without some dope stuff to step to. What up, sort? What's happening, Prime? I'm just sitting here with these. Let me ask you first. Is it too early for Girl Scout cookies? I know it's early in the you morning. Mean it's, you mean saying. too early to eat them? Yeah, you know, it's like early. We, we recording early, so I'm just asking. Nah, man, it ain't never too early for Girl Scout cookies, especially if they thin mints. If they thin mints, it ain't never too and early. The, it ain't never too late. And the, they, they definitely are. For some reason, my wife bought uh bought some of them other Johnny, know they call. Because when I saw the box, I was like, I'm not eating those. <laughs> it was one box or whatever that is, and four boxes of thin mints. So, yeah, I'm still. Digging in on these ten minutes because it's it's a lifestyle, man. It's a lifestyle. You ever had it with cold beer? Nah, I haven't even considered that. I'm just in like man. thin mint after thin mint after thin mint. No drink necessary. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Thin mints like that's like <laughs> gold, man. It's a it's an addiction to me. Like when I when I a couple of weeks ago when I uh, saw the Girl Scouts out there coming out of my local Walmart, man, you know, I hit them up for four boxes, right? Got on the highway, coming back to the crib, realized I forgot a couple of things from the grocery part of Walmart. So there's a Kroger right down the street from the crib. I get off on the exit. Lo and behold, the Girl Scouts out there too. <laughs> Matter of fact, they had a table by both entrances, though, by both entrances. <laughs> So yep. I walk in, grab a couple of joints that I forgot, walk back out, saw the cute little faces, and even better, I saw those little boxes sitting on the table, and I caught three more. So I came home hey. basically with seven boxes of Girl Scout cookies on my first hit. I am not even mad at you at all, especially when you know they're about, they're about to go away at some point. So you might as well stock up. It really, I'm sure it's not stocking up because if I had extra thin mints, like I don't understand how people put them in the freezer and all that, keep eating them. Right. It's a, it's really a problem, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but that's a whole another story. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm I'm actually just recuperating, man. I, I went out last night, man, and I, I want the Duke game was on, and I wanted I wanted to see the ACC championship game, and then I knew that it was NBA on, so I had to find me a spot that I could do both. And, and taking, you know, advantage of some, uh, partaking some activities as well of the drinking kind. And um, I'm, I'm just kind of recuperating right now. <laughs> it's rough, man. I ain't even go front. It's rough this morning, man. But I, I'll get through it, man. I got my designing water trying to wash it out, man. But let me ask you this when we get into these sports real quick, though. Have you ever, have you tried, have you tried that new, like, orange vanilla Coke? Let me tell you, we when we were on the way to Atlanta, uh, my wife and I, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't even get out of Virginia, and she was like, "There's a billboard for orange vanilla Coke. What is that?" By the time we got to the border, it had the commercial had come on to my Pandora station that was playing. As soon as we got right. to North Carolina, it was orange vanilla Coke, orange vanilla Coke, orange vanilla Coke. And then by the time we got to Atlanta, you know, that's the home of Coke. It was everywhere. 
yet. <laughs> I still managed not to try it because I'm looking at that joint like, I don't even know what that's supposed to taste like, and I'm not sure how it goes. I'm going to even rock with it. So I left it alone up to this point. I'll put it to you this way. I bought it about a week ago, and I just bought one of those Slim cans. And you know, really, realistically, it was for the sole purpose to mix it with something else. <laughs> of course. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. Man, that orange vanilla Coke with the little, if you drink anything brown, Crown Royal, Hen, whatever, it's dynamite. I'm telling you, and it's showing it's right. So, yeah, man, so I, I'm a Coke fan. You know, the Coke-Pepsi fight and coming up and all that, I'm a Coke guy, just straight up. I, I'm not a big fan of Pepsi. I'll drink it if you give me one free. It does all you got. But I'm a Coke guy. But you never have to, you know, you, you never have to push me along to get me to drink a Coke by itself. When we're talking flavors, I get kind of skeptical. I do like cherry Coke. But I was kind of skeptical about the orange vanilla Coke, but I didn't try it initially, because, you know, thinking, I'm just going to see what this tastes like. My sole intentions was to mix it with something brown, and it's dynamite, bro. It's dynamite. Wow. You know, but, uh, yeah, like, like, right, right now I'm just trying to recoup it. I'm not off of that, though. They had me on the uh, vanilla uh, Crown Royal last night. And, whew, man, I'll I get it together. I'll get it together. Man, hey, but, Pam, uh, playing hurt. <laughs> Playing hurt today, man. I got to do it for the squad, though, man. I got to do it for the Indeed. squad. All right, so we're going to talk some football, man. But I, I just want to – I want to – first thing I want to bring up, though, I'm trying to figure out, because while I was enjoying the drinking festivities with a lot of people who love karaoke, and I know none of them, and they were just excessively – feeling excessively good because um, all our, our part, you know, activities they partook in, you know. Right. I met I met probably 20 people last night for a half a second. I didn't know because it was like, what up, bro? What up, man? Blah, blah, blah. I, I don't even – I'll probably never see them again, bro. But <laughs> shout out to them. But I'm walking across the screen. Of course, I'm watching basketball. They have basketball on all screens. And I, I, we got to mention this before we get into the NFL, man. Zion Williams. Williams. And I, I got to talk about Zion because this three-game – stretch that he's been on, leading his squad to the ACC title. Dude is showing the non-believers that he is the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Real deal. Like, real, real deal, holy field. It's the truth. Bro came out that joint, like, you know, you, you would think that a, a normal person would start out a little slow in their first game. This man went, what, 13 for 13 in his first game, right? 13 yes, for 13 in his first game back from injury, only to go 13 for 18 in game two. And then he put up another 21 points and at least five boards uh, in the championship game against Florida State. Whatever you thought about Zion, I'm not sure. Well, we have to go back. When he was in 11th grade and the, the big deal was being made of him and going into 12th grade, all you would hear people who had never seen him actually play say was all he does is dunk. All he does, what is he going to do? He can't dunk all the time. Lie. Straight lie. He was out there killing terrible kids, and he was killing people in AAU as well. But that's neither here nor there because now we see it firsthand. Duke, prime time, you know, at the highest level of college basketball. And we'll get to see a lot more of it. This week, 
in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, man, and we saw a lot of his weak side defense, man, uh, step to the forefront the last three days. And then, man, did you see the pass last night? Did you get a chance to see that? Yeah, man, you know, I, if anybody knows me personally, they know I appreciate a long bounce pass down the court. Like, that was my one of the things that I just I, I liked. I think I got – I don't know where it came from. Probably somebody like – B.J. Armstrong back at Iowa, somebody like that. Right. Just, or maybe maybe Sherman Douglas just passed that thing like halfway down the court off a bounce pass, hit somebody in stride for a layup or a dunk or whatever. So, yes, I definitely appreciated that three-point line to three-point line bounce pass past two defenders right on the money as well. Man, showtime. But anyway, look, man, <laughs> it was crazy. We see what Zion means to the squad. Um, shout out to, first of all, I'm going to shout out to all you Carolina people. I'm not one of them. Mm. I can't stand the Tar Heels. So anybody playing the Tar Heels is my squad. Let's put it that way. But there were some people in the group. <laughs> we, all we've been hearing all week and all year, he ain't all that. I mean, he ain't all that. And I'm not calling no names. It's one of them I could call. Uh, call all of them. Like, it would take a long time. Uh, how good? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say this. Most of them are Carolina fans. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some stuff floating around the Sports by Podcast Facebook group that uh, matriculated early in the year. Uh, cats kind of quiet right now, and they surely didn't make no comments during the game last night. But they would have to do with a loss. Indeed. It, it, it is what it is. But, uh, hey, yeah, man. Let me tell you this. Uh, I, you know, I, I follow uh, Ninth Wonder, who is a, a, I believe he's a professor at Duke right now. And, oh, actually, he may, he may have done an undergrad at Duke. Either way, he, he is Duke affiliated, and Duke is the squad. And he is, he is like a big Duke fan. And every. Every game he has a whole spiel he goes through, whether they win, they lose, whatever. But he made a point uh, last night saying the ACC tournament is only important when your team wins because people say it's not important when their team loses, but let their team win it, they hype. So let it be that that important right now since Duke won it. So I ain't mad at him for that because that's exactly how people act. Yeah, and I laugh at these Carolina fans. And one of them I'm gonna try not to be too hard on because they one of my one of my favorite people. I've known the person a long time. The rest get of them, them. Get I'm them. laughing. The rest of them I'm laughing. But anyway, it's, it's the Carolina hate, and it should be when you're talking about Duke or a rival. But the Kate for Zion and how he can't play, he ain't all that is crazy. But I guarantee you, if he'd have took that turn and, and went down the road a little bit, because Roy Williams, oh had, Roy Williams talks about talks about the interviews and the recruiting process he had with Zion, how such how much of a, uh, such a great young man he is. If he'd have went to Carolina, uh, as far as, as the people down in Chapel Hill, Zion been the, the greatest thing since sliced bread, man. It's just funny Indeed. how their perception of him not being that good. I can understand not liking him a little bit because he plays for the other squad, but the perception about him not being that good. But nothing been a Carolina uniform, though. Just nothing been a Carolina hey, uniform. I, I got one last one last thing I want to say yeah. about Zion. I wish he – I'm sure Zion's not listening, 
But if anybody knows Zion Williamson, do me a favor. Tell that man to be easy with these girls, man. Be easy with these girls. <laughs> We're up to story number two. Like, and the bad part is, like, if if you know what I'm talking about, you do. If you don't, you don't. It's fine. But the bad part is how how bad the girls look. Like, they don't even understand. They're not making him look bad for real. Like, we understand. We get it. But the thing he but he the thing is he doesn't have to do what he's doing. I'm sure there's a another way to finagle relationships or whatever he's trying to trying to do. But these girls are dummies. I ain't even saying you gotta get with the dude. I'm just saying how you gonna <laughs> how you gonna carry how you gonna carry this dude for trying to holler at you? Like what? What is? What are you getting out of it? Are you like? Is somebody gonna think you're cool because he tried to holler at you? I don't. I don't understand the correlation between carrying him and not having him as a friend, as if it's worth that. Like, what? What are you missing? I'm. I'm not sure. True indeed. True indeed. Y'all ain't heard that, man. For real. Let it go. Let it go. And I'm sure most of the people in the sports world, a lot of people in the sports world, know about the uh, the DMs and the pitches and the whole nine yards. Um, but my last point on Zion, man, too, is um, I saw it on Twitter last night. Somebody made a great point. Zion may be the only likable Duke player by folks who, other than Carolina fans, of course, but by wow. folks that don't really like Duke. Like, it's hard if you really look at it, unless you just straight up just a straight hater. There's people from other, uh, who like other teams and like other universities, if you look across social media, that, yeah, I hate Duke, but, you know, Zion I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, no Carolina fans saying that, but, and I thought about it, and he's probably, Duke probably right in the comment that he made from everything that I've seen. There's a lot of people who don't like Duke that uh, think Zion is I though. Hey, that's a great point. I never even thought about that, but that is probably, probably close to back right there. Yeah, if you watch him in his interviews and stuff, he seems to be a likable young man. He's not real brash about it. He talks about the team, what we had to do. Um, you know, he, he interviews pretty well. I mean, I, I like the kid, man. He's, he's very likable when you uh, see the reporters talk to him. So I think that goes a long way as well. All right? But look, man, Zion have been busy the last three, four days, and so has our GM, John Dorsey, down there. In a tribe called Cleveland, bro. They didn't make some moves <laughs> over that, man. None bigger than Odell Beckham, man. What they got going on over there? Looks like a lot, man. Looks like a lot. Cleveland is doing the thing. I guess they are looking at this as a everything in the basket. Baker may feel you've showed us that you can do something. Now let us give you all the pieces and see if you can uh, do the same thing with some expectations. I kind of liken it to, it's probably not, you know, not exact. Well, it's not exact, generally speaking. I kind of liken it to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, offense. Except the Chiefs offense was together and brought in, uh, Lord, blanking. What is the quarterback's name? Man, I'm tripping. 
Yeah, I'm tripping. You talking about, come on, man. The, the, the new face of the league, man. Mahomes, brother. Man, Patrick Mahomes. You know, you know when the NFL season, I mean, when we're out of the NFL season, <laughs> NFL is like out of my mind for real. Like I'm compartmentalizing everything. <laughs> but yeah, with Patrick Mahomes, uh, he came into the squad. The office was already set for the most part. Now we have Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield, and they are bringing the offense to him as they've seen, you know, how well he played last season. So it's going to be interesting because the pieces are there. If they take the time to allow them to develop together, it's going to be crazy. I don't think there's any way around it. It's going to be super crazy, man. And we saw, you look at, they bring in Odell. Um, earlier, um, weeks ago, we saw them sign Kareem Hunt, who's just been suspended for eight games. I thought they got off crazy with that because I was hearing stuff where if he's not going for the season, you know, 12 games could be the joint for him, like just based on right. other problems that he's had and supposedly lied to folks and all that. So eight games was money. And that's, I, I'm thinking they were thinking that anyway. You see they still got Chubb, who had a phenomenal season on the roster. Um, Dukes, you know, I haven't seen it. They let go Duke Johnson. They're perfectly fine because it's setting this team up to the fact that, hey, my mans will be back. We can finish making this playoff push halfway through the season, and man, we can just straight get money. So I think this whole deal was like phenomenal. They knew what they were doing, but if you really look at this offense and what they surrounded Baker Mayfield with, man, I check it. We know about Odell. He back with his yep. boy Juice Jarvis Jarvis Landry, who gets mm-hmm. touches, bro. And I'm sure he won't mind conceding some of those touches to Odell. That's his homie, right? All right. right, David and Joku, and Joku, and Joku can ball, man. We don't talk about the tight end position much, you know, unless you're a Kelsey or a Gronk or something like that. You know, your man's Ertz, who showed that he's definitely one of the top three in the league, but Joku can ball. So this is going to free up Joku a little bit too. So he's got a, pre- a plethora of, of weapons over there to work with it, Mayfield, you know, Mayfield does. But then you think about this one kid that they've been working so hard to keep on the straight and narrow because he had his problems in college. He had his problems as he was entering the NFL. But a young kid like Antonio Callaway, right, mm-hmm. you, know, just short of six, just, you know, just short of 600 yards last year, five TDs last year. This thing is sneaky. Now, they got to have a strong coaching staff to deal with all those personalities because we know about, you know, Odell's personality, which is may or may not be as bad as it comes off on television because the players love him. Most players talk highly about him. You know, it's usually cats that's uh, not really affiliated with the organization that really have a lot of issues with him. Um, Callaway, you know, you talk about um, Juice. Juice is a little hot-headed. You know, he gets that way sometimes. But the coaching staff is right to keep these guys healthy. Baker Mayfield, um, man. Oh man, I think it's gonna be some explosive, you know, some explosive things going down in Cleveland. Man. For sure, can't wait to see it. Um, and I, I don't know. Well, one, the the Kareem Hunt coming back after eight games, that shoot, that may be more beneficial for for them than anything, because Chubb gets a chance to to start out and continue his uh, his play. But it also brings in Hunt late in the season, so it's less wear and tear on his body, and he's definitely going to be around for the playoffs. 
and with the with the uh, dual back thing that we have in the NFL now, and you have two number ones, really. You got two number ones that you can rock with, a la uh, New Orleans until until this year coming up. That's gonna be something to see, man. Um, and and the rest of the division is down, man. Cleveland for the division champs, boy. Yeah, you see, as soon as I saw that, you see, that was a, my first post was on top Cleveland winning this division, and that's before yes, I was even analyzing, you know, bringing in some defensive pieces, you know, like you know Sheldon Richardson to go, you know, go beside your boy Miles and and, and all those cats. And there's still some talk floating out that they may not be done. Um, there are some some talks that they may they may be doing their diligence like other teams on possibly an Eric Berry. But working with what they got, man, they seem to be very excited. They got people crying on the internet, fans crying on the internet like they like they've already bailed it. You know, mm-hmm. you know they uh, you know they're already going to be successful. Like they, you know, when you see cats crying on the internet about. Odell coming about like one player coming to a squad that tells you how much suffering and how bad it's been for that franchise. Crazy. Hey, and, the mistake by the late baby. Trying hey to make man, a comeback. Got, did you see? The, you see, they were look the very same night they were already showing the machine printing up Odell jerseys, and they got <laughs> Odell bobbleheads already. They already have Odell bobbleheads, bro. I saw that. I was done. Yeah, they probably want to skip the preseason. Just get get right to it. Don't want no problem. Let's get to this, let's get to these games and put these people on the field and see what they're gonna do. All right, so we got them winning the division. You know, I mean, it just it is what it is. Everybody's new favorite team for the moment that ain't their team. So right. we got them winning the division, but you look at that that division. If some hits was taken, bro. Uh, first of all, the Ravens. The Ravens was kind of. I don't know if you really looked at their moves, but it's kind of hard to me to figure out like what are they doing. Right, we know they went with the young quarterback last year, who had some questions. Flacco's gone. Um, they did make a nice running back signing. I, I, I'll give them that. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, the side that we've been, you know, associating the Ravens with for years now, you know, Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, um, I'm missing somebody. They lost somebody else. That's a what? heck of a transition. Yeah, Eric Waddle. Eric Waddle. And they brought in your boy. They brought in um, Earl Thomas, you know, heating to make moves. But that pass rush and that run stopping up front, I'm trying to figure out where is that going to come from. I expect them to take a step back. I really expect yeah. them to take a step back. I agree with that step back. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be pounding that rock, though. I wonder if they are approaching this thing in uh, Atlanta, Michael Vick, work done type type mentality, and, and they're going to break the rushing record, uh, for, you know, team rushing record for a single season. It's going to be interesting, but if that's how they plan to attack this thing, maybe that means less time on the field for the defense. I don't know. Teams will have to throw the ball. I don't know what they're doing. But we know one thing. They ain't going to be great. It's going to be pitiful, bro. Pitiful. And then the Bengals. No need to talk about the Bengals. The Bengals are the Bengals. They've virtually done nothing. The, the biggest, you know, they've signed a couple of their own players back. 
But outside of the fact that there are some rumblings about the possibility of A.J. Green being moved, they said that could happen. And that's something to keep an eye on, even in going into the draft. But it's really nothing you no know, to talk about with them um, until something goes down. So that leads us to the big picture, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, and then Antonio Brown news struck. You know, Brown is headed to the Raiders, so Brown is up out of there. So it's a lot of questions, a lot of questions with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, a lot of offseason comments. Um, are they going to be able to take the next step defensively? And offensively, what do they go? You know, is, is Juju the real deal? You know, that if Brown is gone, can, can Juju uh, replicate the type of season or even better the season that he had last year? Um, do they have total faith in Connor? It's just a lot of questions in Pittsburgh and where they fall in the mix in the midst of this division. Yeah, no one thing. If it goes bad, it's all on Ben Roethlisberger. It's, it's on him anyway, ain't eh? it? That's what they say. <laughs> well, they they might not give him as much credit if they still a uh, decent, but if they if it goes negative, it's definitely on Roethlisberger. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be bad over there, man, because you look at all the questions and that they have on that team. Like, we saw some good stuff early in the season from James Conner, right? We saw everything yeah. go down with Conner. And then he got nicked up and got injured, and, um, you know, that went down. So you wonder, like, right, who's going to really be the backup running back here if he goes down? Because they didn't have the success they wanted to have or they thought they could have when Connor was gone. Then the receiving situation. I had a Steeler fan talk about, man, but you see what Juju did last year? You see this, you see that. And I'm like, well, yeah, Juju had a heck of a season. Uh, looks like Ben preferred to go to Juju. But the thing is, a lot of those times – Juju was in single coverage because your boy A.B. was getting that money. Do you have the belief that Juju can really be like a, a franchise type of receiver? Actually, I, I do think that he can. I don't know I don't know how quickly it will happen, but I think that based on his, his combination of, you know, skill with size and the speed, I think, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, it will be a different world when those doubles are coming your way as opposed to, to going across the field. Because uh, a lot of receivers learn, well, a lot of teams learn, two really good receivers is much better than one. And and unless unless I'm missing something, Juju is going to be the obvious man and going to gonna get the bulk of the attention. So they're basically battling uh, the Ravens for second place. In a division, if you had to ask me right now, no matter who finishes where, source, this early, my early thoughts is if everything comes together for Cleveland the way that it should come together, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this division by at least two games. That's how much I think the, the Ravens and the Steelers are both falling off uh, with the, everything that's transpired so far in free agency. Gonna be interesting, man. Gonna be interesting. Yeah. So Antonio Brown. So let's get to the Antonio Brown situation, man. He went to the Raiders. First of all, are you surprised that's where he ended up? And second of all, how much does that boost that team, all things considered? I'm surprised he's happy. I'm. Uh, well, I mean, 
Gruden must have sold him on some some good stuff happening in the future with the money and picks and how we gonna do this and that and Carr is not what he was last year. He's what he was what, three years ago. That's who he really is. And I don't know. I don't know. But he seems, you know, he's, I mean, obviously he seems legitimately happy. He just got there. So until they're one and six, he's probably good. But <laughs> if things go left, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, it seems like Gruden is to focus on fixing at least one side of the ball when he, and he brings this guy in. You're talking about an offense that uh, one of only a few teams, a handful of teams, just scored less than 20 points a game last year. They were like 18, I believe they scored, 23rd overall in offense. And it brings up the questions about Derek Carr because we know there was talks that Derek Carr and Gruden weren't on the same page, that Gruden would try to move Derek Carr. Derek Carr didn't really like Gruden. And now you bring in a, a presence like Antonio Brown, who many thought was the best uh, receiver in the game. I don't know if it's going to translate to that now, but if, <laughs> if, if Gruden is going to have a his quarterback successful, that's 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 all things considering that Carr is still the quarterback <laughs> when his season starts. Because we've seen some crazy stuff. We had all this infatuation uh, with the quarterbacks coming up in the draft from Gruden. Does he try to make a move? But Man, like, the offense would have a chance to be decent in the passing game. The one thing that shocked me, though, because you, you're bringing in a Gruden, so I'm thinking, okay, Gruden over here. Uh, not a Gruden. You're bringing in Antonio Brown, so I'm thinking, Brown's over here. Okay, then J.J., you know, um, your boy Jordy Nelson is over there now. And then you hear about Jordy Nelson getting let go. I'm like, okay, where's that Jordy Nelson? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So yeah. I, I'm like, well, I, what they so I'm like, yeah, they still good. They still good because they got my man Cook over there at the tight end position. And Cook got busy last year. Next thing I know, mm-hmm. I'm seeing all this stuff about Cook might not be on the squad. So that I, all of a sudden, I'm questioning the whole Raiders philosophy offensively for real. If you were bringing in Antonio Brown, you got a monster like Cook at tight end. How do you even consider moving him? Well, I think they're going to run – a B left, A B right, uh, A B down the field. I don't know what they're gonna do. I guess they're gonna. I, I don't know. Are they trying to set a record for for most catches by one receiver? Maybe they're just gonna throw them a bunch of bubble screens and be like, "Do what you can do. Just do what you can do." I don't know. We'll have to wait a little bit and see what in the world these people come up with. But I, I'm not. I'm not of the mindset that. Gruden doesn't have a plan. I kind of like the Lakers. I'm not of the mindset that Magic doesn't have a plan. I just don't know what it is right now. It just might take a minute to see it, see it come to fruition. So we just, I mean, we just well, have to see. Well, they did, though. This is the thing. And they did sign Tyrell Williams. And we've seen with flashes yeah. he's had with the charges. If you want some size and some speed, he's got it. And he's got it. So I, I did like that move, and I do like that move. If you want Carr to be able to let that thing go down the field, you got the right guy. A guy who's mm-hmm. been in the league um, 16 yards per reception throughout his career. And I tell you what's crazy, so if they're going to sling it, they got a chance to sling it. You look at Ter- uh, Terrell Williams, you know, his years in the league, his four years or so. 2015, 
his longest reception for a touchdown was 80 yards. 2016, it was 51 yards. Each of the last two seasons, his long, as long as touchdown was 75 yards. So he can get down the field. He can get down the field. So I like the things, the way they're cooking this thing up. I just think that you have to find a way. I don't care what your philosophy is. There's no way I'm letting Cook off the roster. Because you're giving me a three-headed monster, uh, a potential three-headed monster in the receiving game. Um, even if you're not totally successful running the football. One of our group members in the Sports Bar podcast was talking about when I mentioned uh, before Le'Veon got signed, you think he can go after Le'Veon. It was like, no, because Beast Mode coming back and they got such and such. And I'm like, well, they ain't ex- exactly set the world on fire running the football last year. So, right. you know, you know what, what what is your plan when you say that Beast Mode is supposed to be coming back? Um, and and every, anybody else on that roster. But the receiving part of it, if you're going to make Carr, give Carr a chance to be successful, I just think Cook has to be in that mix. He is a beast. And you put him with those two guys, yeah, and you give him Carr something to work with. And if Carr is not your guy, if Carr is not your guy, because everybody's assuming Carr is the guy, Carr is not your guy and Gruden pulls something crazy on on draft day so he can get down there and get on, uh, get Murray or whoever, you still giving whoever the quarterback um, a lot of weapons to work with when you got to sling it. Yeah, if you hold on to Cook, that would be the big deal, give, give him that security blanket because that's pretty much what he was. He was more than a security blanket last year. He was he was the guy, so uh, he could still be that beside uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, and in single cook, in single coverage, I think Cook will be able to cook, um, especially down in that red zone area. I mean, they got to get up so 18 points a game ain't going to cut it, man. 18 points nope. a game. Like, that put them in the company last year of teams like the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jags in the inefficiency to put points on the board, man. That's ridiculous. Indeed. And they're not going to cut it with the Chargers and the, uh, the Chiefs in the same division. All right, Le'Veon, hey, did Le'Veon make the right decision sitting out? For himself, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think his approach may change the way some players uh, approach their own contract in the future and their own uh, worth. I got no problem with players taking control of their own destiny as opposed to management or the teams being in charge of everything. And I'm always surprised when people with management over individuals. Like, that's backwards. I'm not saying in every situation it's the same, but if this man made that decision on his own, I don't like the way he handled it necessarily. Like, I don't like the way he dragged it out and acted like he was coming back and all that. But the fact that he stayed out, made his own demands, and and did it his way, I have no problem with that. I'm not, I'm not saying he should have signed with the Jets at all. Like, I don't understand that. I, I miss that part. I don't get it, but <laughs> but I like the way he handled the situation overall. Well, I think he signed with the Jets because I think his options. He thought he was going to have more options than what he actually got, and and he did kind of uh, maybe over overthink his value or what teams would think his value was. I believe because remember he was talking about he wanted to get twenty mil. Um, season and and all that, so I, I think that may have backfired a little bit. 
I'm still not questioning the fact that he sat out because it's more still a fan than anybody else that's throwing it in his face talking about, you know, he left, what was it, $15 million or whatever it was on the table last year and so on and so forth. I think the thing was the guaranteed money. And yep. I know when you read and you read everything and you see, well, we talking about man, it still as well. And I can't never get the numbers right because one minute I'm hearing that the guaranteed money they were going to give him, you know, was thirty three million. Then I heard it was twenty eight million. And you know, other than you know, right in line with what he got. All right, but the more and more I've dug into this thing, and I don't know, I'm not paperwork guy, agent, GM, but I've been hearing from a lot of circles, man, are saying that. The Steelers' guaranteed money was different because of the way it was structured. Like, it was only worth X amount of dollars in the in the first year, but there was some kind of way they still could have got out or done something with the guaranteed money. So I'm not quite sure. But from what I'm hearing, that as far as the guaranteed money, Bell won't get all of those dollars when it just – there wasn't any after first season this, after season that. He's getting all of that money. So if you look at it from that perspective, I think it was about the guarantees um, more so than just the fact of the money he left on the table that sit out last season. So, But you, you can't really get a clear-cut uh, answer on this because if you read some websites, they're saying he lost out. You read some others, he didn't. You, you know, you watch NFL Network, he didn't lose out. You watch, talk to the ESPN people, he did. So I don't know. But I still think he may have, even though he uh, – set the market for himself a little high, and he, and he gambled on himself and thought he's going to get more money. And, and you know, the end of the day, he's got less wear and tear on his body. Um, he's definitely getting all of that guaranteed money, you know, unless he gets suspended. He's, well, he's been suspended, what, at least twice now, right? Hopefully that didn't happen for him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know, man. But as far as I'm being with the Jets, that's going to be interesting. When they went four games last year, he's, he's going there with a young quarterback. Um there's going to be some growing pains over there. But he's ten times better than any of the billion running backs they used last year, <laughs> the Crowells and the um, the other cats. So we're going to see how that pans out. It's going to be kind of funny seeing him in that uniform too. Yeah, I think he'll be fine, generally speaking. I mean, I don't think his production will take a hit based on the squad. I mean, I think he's – Le'Veon's still going to Le'Veon. But – I just don't understand. I, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't even know how the Jets were even in the mix as an option for someone. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. To each his own. Well, it was everything. Yeah, it was everything that we heard, though, bro. Like we heard in the year, early in the uh, months ago, oh, not even months ago, maybe even a month ago. There was uh, we talked about the strong feelings that people had about Tampa Bay. That Tampa Bay would be definitely in the in the mix for a running back. We mentioned the Raiders, but of course that was even before the Antonio Brown thing. There was talks about that going down. And then we did the hypotheticals. Um and I know you and I talked and I did and you and I went down about, you know, certain teams, you know, would the Colts bring him in because what he could do in that Colts offense, um, that was us talking. They they wanted the market for a running back. I think, I guess they're good with with Mac. I told you he would be the only player if I was the Chiefs that I would go after because what he would look like in that offense, the way they use those running backs. But they weren't interested. But the only other real team that really made the media that I can think of that did do their due diligence, to my understanding, 
was an interesting one was the Houston Texans. And I like that move. I, I definitely like that move. And I thought, I said, man, they get a running back like Le'Veon in that mix, already with a decent defense. Um, you know, you talking about a three-headed monster, Deshaun Watson, Le'Veon, D-Hop. Now you cook it. That never materialized. So we got down to the point where as teams started dropping out, and there was only a couple of teams left on the board. And looks like by the end of the day, the Jets had the money. So that's how he ended up there, I guess. I, I don't know. Tears with a tears. We'll see. We'll see with Le'Veon and with A.B. how they're feeling by week seven. I got one more quick thing football-wise, and that's just something that's kind of got me worried. I'm like, Prime, why are you worried? It ain't your squad. Well, no, nah, it ain't my squad, but you know how I feel about the QB. He brought it up earlier, and that was Mahomes, right? So we just saw the news with Tyreek Hill coming out. Um, he on the investigation, right, for um, possible abuse. Um, you know, against a child. Interesting thing to me in the midst of all of that, under the radar, sneakily, he lost Chris Conley, too, at, at the wide receiver position. One of the guys that he would rely on for, you know, four or five receptions a game, a lot of times Chris Conley's headed to Jacksonville. So you start to look at that offense. And don't get me wrong, I know Andy Reid will draw it up, dial it up certain way for Kelsey and, you know, if Robinson's still on the squad. But it's just an interesting dynamic. They lose Tyreek Hill. It's going to be interesting to see if they try to make any moves going into the draft, um, if they're thinking they may lose Tyreek Hill for an extended period of time. Because now you'd be down two receivers. Uh, yeah. Something, something's got to give. I, we were discussing, well, I was discussing this uh Tyreek Hill deal with someone yesterday and I don't even know what's really happening like it was his house was he actually involved or was it his girlfriend, fiance, whatever is it her kid or is it his kid is it their kid, I don't know what's going on I don't think there's any information that's been uh, disseminated that has been uh, of any real depth that I've seen so I'm taking a wait and see approach but, of course, if Tyreek Hill is out of there for any amount of time, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, they say claim is two incidents, um, suspected child abuse, um, and it happened at his house, supposedly. Um, it was three, I guess they say it was a three-year-old son and the arm got broken. I'm taking the wait-and-see approach as well, man. I, I hope I hope that um, it, it wasn't a... Uh, that type of incident, and you know, but I, we 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 don't know, we don't know. But I'm just thinking, you know, what type of blow or what that's going to mean to Kansas City if he's gone for any period of time. If they decide to suspend him, if he gets found guilty, you know, already losing a receiver and Conley, it'll just be interesting to see as we get closer and closer um, to the draft or even afterwards. They try to bring somebody in, not necessarily has to be a superstar because I'm not really thinking they would try to make a bunch of trade moves to get a super and a, a upper level receiver but Andy Reid seems to be able to get guys going the way he needs to get them going but it'll be interesting to see if they make a move or better yet even try to do something in the draft to bring in some depth and just roll with that so but just something to keep an eye on man I, I need I need my man to be more than a one year wonder so he can set these uh, set these people up true 
Mahomes gonna be the goat. Y'all, y'all heard that. Y'all heard that here first. All right. <laughs> yeah, I said it. All right. All right. So next up, this a uh, couple of basketball joints, man. Um, gotta talk about your Lakers, man. Gotta talk about your Lakers. Do you believe do these reports? That yeah, yeah, we do. We got to, man. <laughs> do you believe the reports that uh, Jeannie Buss actually considered trying to trade? LeBron James um, after the Anthony Davis thing fell through? No. I don't believe the reports. I believe any conversation that may have been had uh, regarding LeBron James and the mention of trade or not being there in the future would lead to someone throwing out a whole story they're all discussing trading LeBron James. Well, I mean, if somebody asks you a question and you answer it, I mean, is that discussing? Is that saying anything other than no comment? Discussing? Yeah. There may have been a conversation had, you know, but something serious? No, nah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. Because if that was the case, what are you expecting from a one-year uh, LeBron Fantasy uh, shot at the at the crown. Even though you knew there were no shot at the crown happening in this one season, what are you expecting to happen? I don't know what you're expecting, but or what you were expecting from this season. Now I will see. I did think that the Lakers would make the playoffs. I didn't think that would be an issue. And if everybody stays right. healthy, maybe that is still the case. Nevertheless, that is not the case. Not everybody stayed healthy. And yes, the team kind of changed after the whole Anthony Davis thing. The uh, the approach changed, the attitudes kind of changed. And that just may be useful, you know, not knowing any better than this is a business. Or if really you do have your feelings hurt thinking that you're going to rock with the king for the next few years and then you hear your name in the mix of trades being dumped into... Uh, the abyss known as New Orleans, especially after ADS leaves. So, it's dangerous ground, though, man. It's dangerous ground, even to hear that, you know, that type of talk, bro. Because you think about it, um, Rich Paul is LeBron's homie and and his agent, right? So yep. let's say this is true. I cannot. The more I think about this, I can't believe that Jeannie Buss would be that dumb to even consider doing that. And you think about the potential clients of Rich Paul's that you would also be, you know, could affect your squad in the future. You look at, you know, what we got, another year or so, Ben Simmons will be coming up, right? Mm -hmm. You want to entertain somebody like Ben Simmons. Rich Paul goes back and says, yeah, you see what they did to Braun, right? Nah. Tristan Thompson, next year, right? Yeah. Uh, Rich Paul represents him, too. You think he's going to look the Lakers way? Thompson? I mean, not Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I'm glad. Look, you caught me. You caught me. But Clay Thompson. <laughs> I'm about to I'm supposed to call him Clay. My bad. Even though Rich Paul <laughs> does represent Tristan Thompson, he yeah. does represent Tristan Thompson. Hey, good catch, nobody good catch. Good backup on that one. <laughs> good, good backup on that one, man. man yeah, I, um, I thought you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Tristan Thompson is represented, but that one, I got the wrong Thompson. 
without Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson possibly coming Ooh. to the Lakers. And, you know, you'll hear about those talks about him possibly not wanting to be around. He wanted to get, as the uh, the youngest call it now, the bag, like, you know, next season. How would he look at that? Um, if somebody else is not thinking, it's, you know, it's the big, oh, and, well, we talked about the Anthony Davis thing. There's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a bad look for the Lakers and Genie, but if this was the fact, we found out that this is true. You see what I'm saying? You really going to alienate. You know, future players and very good basketball players were thinking, like, nah, I, I definitely don't want to come to L.A. Now, do you think this is true? Do you think it really happened? Do I think it really happened? Yeah. I, I think I think there was a semblance. I, I don't know. I think there could have been some discussions. I'm going to be honest with you. And I know we're going to hear something in about a week or two where – she gonna be on an interview or tell somebody that that's completely false. But I I don't think it made I don't think it I'm not saying it went down the way it's been perceived to have gone down. Whereas, all right, we didn't get this. I'm pissed off. Say that uh, I'm gonna trade LeBron and we gonna just gonna start again. I don't think it happened that way. I think somebody got in a room. Some of the heads got in the room. There was some conversations and somebody just might have just brought it up. Not just saying it's Jeannie. He said, I mean, when we out of, we had our ends, you know, we had our ends now. Um, there's really nothing else to do. I mean, I mean, at least as a business, should we at least consider what would happen if we even considered trading LeBron James? Just just for a second, because we, we're in a bad place right now and maybe in a bad place in the future. Not saying that Jeannie brought it up. She might have just been in the room. And some things could have got tossed around just doing your due diligence business-wise. And I know you like, you know, prime, you know, that, that's crazy. Well, look, I'm telling you right now, I don't know how you feel about it, bro. I don't think there is much of a chance at this point, and I could be completely wrong, that they're going to even entertain uh, trading Anthony Davis to you guys, period, at this point. I, I really don't. So I think – Somebody in that room had looked at the future of the organization, how things have already gotten damaged with the people that you have, the likelihood that you guys are probably not going to have Anthony Davis traded to you now. And I was as sure as I was going to happen, you know, a month ago, you know, that, that we can see this happen, you know, going into the next season. I think somebody brought it up, Source, and I just think it was something they was kicking around the table. And Jeannie didn't necessarily bring it up, but it was doing her due diligence to listen. Yeah, I think it's much ado about nothing. But I don't, I don't think Andy Davis come to the Lakers, like, but I think it's much ado about nothing. So I guess uh, we'll we'll see, or or we may never know. Yeah, like I say, I I fully expect to hear something and see something in Slam Magazine, ESPN, one of those where she's going to, you know, deny it that it ever happened, or. Magic gonna be at the forefront. Nah, we never discussed it. You know, well, you know, this at the third. Gene never discussed it. It was never brought up. And I, I don't think we'll never know. But I don't think it's out of the, uh, the realm of possibility that there was some discussions, maybe brought up by one of the higher ups uh, at the meeting room table. So I don't know. All right. Uh, only thing I got, man, I, I got to go and address this, and you know, I wanted to address this, this, uh, this mm-hmm. BS with James Dolan, man. I got, I got to address. Uh, James, and we all saw uh, Naya. 
Don't even lie to these people. Don't even lie to these people. I can't stand them. Like, we all go on and on about owners. Now, in my owners, of course, the main two would be James Dolan and then Jerry Jones. I don't dislike, well, hate is a strong word. I was going to say I don't hate. I don't, I don't hate Jerry Jones, okay? He just makes me really mad. Like, really, really mad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just really, mm-hmm. him and Steven just really tee me off. And then sometimes, once out of every five moves he makes, he makes me somewhat happy. But he just makes me mad. I know he's supposed to use the word hate. I, it's a strong word. I don't use it. But I'm going to use it right now. I hate James Dolan. I, I, I do, man. I, I really dislike this dude to the fullest, man. And that master him throwing that fan out because the fan told him to sell the team. It's bad enough what they did to Oak, right? The public display, no matter what happened, could have been handled just a little bit different. Differently, knowing how much Oakley is beloved um, amongst the Knicks fans, especially you, somebody like you, have, that has a uh, struggling franchise in one of the biggest markets in sports, you can't treat people like that, right? But you gonna do this to a fan because they're telling you you need to sell the team, like. Source, what is wrong with this dude, man? Do you have any idea? He's emotional and he can't let go. Hey, Carl Thomas. I don't know. It's your, it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. Like I got nothing. No, he ain't, man. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. <laughs> this is my issue. Did you hear the interview on that he did on the Michael K show? Um, a day or two after the incident, explaining why he did it. Nah, nah. I, but but I, I want to hear what he said though, because this ought to be interesting. All right. He wouldn't get when they kept asking him why did it warrant him getting throwing the dude out. He kept dancing around. You know, he danced around the question. He kept alluding to instead of giving a real, real reason a real reason of why he threw the dude out. He kept jumping straight to, you know what, you know what happened? After the incident, we got in contact with the dude and we were going to go ahead and bring him back in, um, you know, shake hands with him, talk to him, you know, bring him around the team, let him in, you know, free for the night. He, and, you know, pretty much that was his way of telling the dude, you know, I might have overreacted. We're sorry, right? Mm-hmm. Then he goes to but we didn't do it because we found out that the whole thing was staged for like TMZ or one of those outlets or whatever. So we was like, nah, the deal is out. That's not answering the question. Huh? He's claiming oh. that the dude, the dude, he found out, mind you, afterwards, source, that the dude walked over a couple of rows from his seat just for somebody to get him on tape of telling him he need to sell the team. Okay. Yeah. Even if, so, even if that's the case, even if that's the case, right. what? How does that affect your reaction? That you're the one that reacted, like yeah. <laughs> whether he did it for, and, for video or for himself or for whatever. That he didn't affect how you responded. So you think about this. Think about this. How dumb he's the dumbest billionaire in the world. He's got to be the dumbest billionaire in the world. Daddy handing him all that 
all that money and, and, and control over businesses, and he just riding with it. He competing with 45. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he might be the second dumbest, but um, <laughs> Dolan, Dolan is second dumbest. But, yeah, look, think about what he just said, bro. He says that afterwards, first of all, like you said, I'm, you know, we really going to throw the dude out for, for, for that reason? You know, first of all, I'm. this is New York we're talking about, some of the most irate and sometimes irrational fans that they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't the only person in the building that then told you now nah, tonight you need to sell the squad, right? So first of all, my biggest problem source that he says, oh, yeah, but we were going to bring him in and bring him back and let him meet the team and do all that, blah, blah, blah. You ain't answering the question on why you throw him out. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and how dumb you said you found out, and even if this is true about TMZ or whatever, you big dummy, you found out after you threw him out that all of this was supposedly staged. Whether it was staged or not, it doesn't excuse your actions, man. Then he goes on through this interview talking about how he don't care about what people think and this, that, and the third. He don't care if he's liked and, and the whole nine yards, right? And I'm like, you know what? I can applaud that fact because if you're comfortable within your skin that you will make moves and you're comfortable with moves no matter what people think, I, I can't do nothing but respect that whether I like you or not because you're sticking to your guns. But when the moves are dumb and hurting your franchise and your organization, like, I don't even know how a dude likes himself, man. You know, but I'm telling you right now, Source, he says that the, the uh, rumors are false about him selling the squad, getting rid of the team. The day that I find out that he is no longer in control of the New York Knicks but selling the team, whatever, the whole nine yards, that day happens, I'm not going to do something crazy, man. You ever seen, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, my, I don't know, go walk down the street with nothing but socks and boxes on. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, don't, like. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how much I despise this dude, man. But James Dolan, he might be the one man on earth. The one, well, he is the one person on earth I can definitely tell you. I will use the word H-A-T-E, man. I can't stand it, bro. Dang, Prime. Got hey, you my man. Your feelings. He ain't my man, so. I'm going to have to go eat a whole box of thin mints because I done got heated so we get off doing this joint, man. I'm I, I, Exactly what I'm going to do. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Trust me. No doubt, man. Well, it's been two weeks, man. We ain't been on the end two weeks, man. It's really, really good to be back, man. Anything else we need to touch on? Uh, we appreciate the people's listening. Thank y'all for joining us, rocking with us. Thank you for being part of the Sports Ball Podcast group on Facebook. Thank you for checking out uh, com. Thank you for following me on Twitter at SmittySource, and on Instagram at Source underscore Eskoshka, E-S-H-K-O-S-H-K-A. No doubt, no doubt, man. And I just want to tell you, being the homie, man, you're going to lose some followers in a minute if you don't get the people 
They fan dude, man. I know you saw Arvin Jackson's note to you in the group. He's a, his mean to you. <laughs> I was waiting. I said, so it's busy. I ain't going to even tag him. I'm going to wait. Matter of fact, I'm going to make an announcement. Sooner or later, he's going to see it. But Arvin Jackson had a message for you about certain folks winning the fan dude and don't post nothing else the rest of the week. So I just wanted to make sure you saw that. <laughs> man, I was trying to let the people recover. I figured everybody wanted to get their mind clear for March Madness as we will be kicking off our yearly March Madness contest on to, well, tonight, I guess. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll probably post it tomorrow. Uh, so I figured everybody wanted to save their coins and get their March Madness ready. But since Arvin wants to bring it up, we're going to go ahead and make sure we have a March Madness contest posted tomorrow. And we will also have a fan duel contest, NBA fan duel contest posted tomorrow as well. For the people, got to give them what they want. Got to give the people what they want, man. And always, I'm your boy Prime. We're going to catch you out next time. Um, you can catch me on my social medias on Twitter and on Instagram at PrimeSBK. And it just is what it is. And on a side note, uh, we are playing fantasy baseball for a trophy in the Sports Bar Podcast group. We've got enough people to do the league now. Uh, we are drafting next Sunday evening at 730. But we also have two slots available. If we want to make it a 12-team league, you can get at us on the page. But other than that, we're ready to go for a little fantasy baseball. So it is what it is. But yeah. until next time, Prime is Source. We up out here. Peace. March Madness. Zion, baby.